0: All right. Uh, just a last double check here before we hit the record button, Troy. Are we ready to record? We are indeed beautiful, Tyler. Any last questions from you? Any last words? That's words? any last words. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geeks Camp, the home of RPG ramblings and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin. What is up? And the, the dwarven DM, uh, John Christian. Uh, uh, hey, what's going on? There you go. Opposite ends. Sup? Good job. Good Sup? job. Right. And then we also have uh, a guest creator on with us. This is Tyler coming in from Indiegogo and the Project Weird Street. How are you this fine evening, Tyler?
1: I'm doing well, thanks.
0: Awesome. Yeah, welcome. Awesome. I think, Tyler, you are the first creator uh, in the last year and a half to have done uh, a Indiegogo and be on on the podcast, so I'm super excited to chat with you. So Troy you had kind of made some connections around this but Tyler I recall uh seeing some games of Weird Street being ran uh some months ago at Winter Fantasy and I was as I was browsing your uh campaign page here I saw several names that I recognized uh, uh in in the uh in the quotes there so that's kind of cool what what got you into winter fantasy?
1: Uh, so my good friend uh, Spencer um, was helping to uh, organize there, and he was able to set up some uh, demo games there. <laughs> Originally, he was planning to run some of them himself, but he came down with COVID, so yeah. had to pass it on to someone else. But uh, he's fine, for the record. But
2: yes, no, games, we, games. we're familiar with old Spencer. He's oh, uh, yeah. still kicking. He's still he's still, still out there. Still picking well, the BDDWs. Okay,
3: okay, let's let's you know for those out there that don't know, Tyler might be able to to tell us one way or another for for once. Who? But we've been think you know we're under the assumption that Spencer is actually a very advanced bot.
1: Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. I think I think there was some element of humanity in there at first, but he's he's gone. There, but now he's he's uh he's the Borg queen essentially. Nice.
3: Wow. Nice. I, I I make the reference uh about him as like a Max Headroom. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> For those of you
2: uh 80s kids, it's a throwback right there. Everybody's yeah. like furiously looking at the looking up Wikipedia. What the hell's a Max Headroom? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, well,
3: so, confirmed Spencer is a bot.
2: Spencer's a bot. Okay. That's right. Good, so, good deal. We all knew. We That's all fine. knew.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Tyler, you have the uh, project called Weird Street. That's weird W Y R D. Weird Street on Indiegogo. It sells itself as a D20 based action adventure TTRPG about lower class heroes fighting for the people they love. Um, like I said, it's on Indiegogo as of this recording. It's got 21 days left. Tyler, what can you tell us about uh, Weird Street?
1: so my original inspiration for the game uh i had the idea years ago it was quite a while before i actually started working on it um i had just finished playing through the video game dragon age 2 and i just had this like thought in my head like what if that bit at the start of the game where hawk is just some nobody trying to feed their family was the whole game Mm. and that you had like an entire rpg that is just you are joe schmuck you are trying to feed and protect the people you care about you're trying to make a difference for the ordinary people and that's all it is you don't become you know the hero who saves the whole universe you're just about making a difference for the people who are close to you
2: who needs another 15 levels anyway that's what that's what i want to know one through five is more than enough for me One through five is definitely more than enough right that's pretty much my like my comfort zone power level as a dm and as a player so this really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this: so, so you, how do you make it? Tell me, like, is you said that there's like a different mechanic or kind of like an altered or adjusted D twenty mechanic that you you used for that, or how did you exactly keep everybody in uh, the the slums of uh, of uh, power, keeping them from the power creep? So the the core bones of it are
1: still pretty familiar d20 similar to 5e uh Keeping things small scale is a lot about the story as much as the uh, game mechanics. I will say, like, the, uh, the player characters do still end up getting fairly powerful in a gameplay sense. Mm. Um, the idea being this is a really high fantasy setting, so even if you are someone who can fling fireballs, you're still not necessarily that important, because the really powerful mages are basically minor gods. So it allows you to still be a pretty powerful character and do badass stuff without you know, breaking the fantasy of it, um Uh, the the small scale really comes from the adventures more than anything else. And Mm. a few other, there are a few game mechanics that tie into it. For example, you have upkeep, which is basically you have to pay rent as as your character. (laughs) And you also have to pay to support your loved ones, which is an aspect of character creation you do at the start of the game, is you pick your loved ones, like who does your character care about, who are they fighting for, and you have to pay to support them as well. But you get different bonuses depending on kind of uh, what loved ones you have
2: That's awesome That's cool.
3: So so no, uh, my family's gone, I'm a loner
1: There is an option for that There is one you can take the lone wolf loved one, which prevents you from taking any other loved ones and it doesn't add to your upkeep at all uh, It's less powerful than the other ones, so like a trade-off mm. Finally. So is there a,
2: is there a meter for loneliness in this game? For the for the lone wolf, they just they they uh, they're constantly at a deficit when it comes to loneliness.
1: Uh, not exactly. Uh, there is a uh, high spirits mechanic. Um, mm. That uh, money is very important to balancing this game. I don't want players to ever you know feel like their money isn't worth something because earning a living is kind of the whole point of the game. So I have a lot of uh, money dumps in the game, and a lot of them can give you high spirits and. Uh, that's like a buff. It's sort of a little bit similar to inspiration in in five e.
2: Oh, that's, okay, that's cool. cool.
1: Right so
3: on. you can you can uh, forego paying rent, and 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 instead do something magnanimous or or uh, throw a party or something like that to jack everybody's spirits up for a little bit. But then you have to pay for it later.
1: Ideally, you'd want to probably wait until you can cover your rent before you start spending extravagantly, although you can do that that way if you want. I will say the penalties for not paying your upkeep are pretty
0: harsh.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Fascinating.
2: As they typically are.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So talk to me a little bit, talk to us a little bit about the world that you put Weird Street in, because I think you mentioned in your Kickstarter definitely, or your, your crowd funder very much points this out, that, that your setting is very important to the adventures and stories that you're telling here.
1: Yeah, so I sort of started small-scale and then worked my way out in terms of world-building. So I do have a lot of lore for like the entire setting, and I have a world map, and there's multiple countries. Uh, but the the focus is very much on the one city that you uh, stay in, and that's the heart of the game. The city is a character in and of itself, the city of Moorhold. And Weird Street is an actual physical street in the city where you live. Um Morehold is a, um... Very, it's a large metropolis in a uh, region called the Freeholds. There are these independent city states. Uh, they're very, uh, I guess, libertarian sort of. They have a lot of personal liberty, but also a lot of really harsh income inequality and no real social safety net. So poverty is a real issue. The city's also currently going through a refugee crisis because their northern neighbors, the Seven Holy Kingdoms of Tian, have just launched a massive invasion of the Freeholds, and that's where the campaign comes in is uh, if you play the official campaign, The Fall of Morehold, which we're hoping to get the funding to complete, uh, you are playing as a refugee family that has both Holder and t ancestry who's now coming into Moorhold and struggling because they're refugees with no money and no support and as a mixed-race family, both sides kind of see them as the enemy.
2: Hmm. Okay. I really like I've always liked survive, the survival aspect of uh, of some games. I, I don't know exactly why it is. I like the the nuance of a struggle being something that's beyond an existential threat or a big bad. Sometimes it's just trying to live, you know. And I, I so that's I, really, I that's a part of this that I think that uh, I really enjoy about the the narrative that you're creating. Um, I'm interested to know how how does that work with like each player has player character has their own connections that they're trying to they're trying to mouths to feed right and then and you're probably i'm assuming that within weird street or within the it's kind of like local heroes really more mm-hmm. than anything else like almost like folk heroes yeah uh, i would assume is that about right?
1: Yeah, so as it starts out you're, you know, just a nobody who's taking any jobs they can get. There is still some degree of RPG progression. You're never going to get to the, you know, hero of the realm status you get in other games, but it does you do become more important over time and that's kind of the end game of Weird Street is to become a folk hero who, you know, maybe the great and good of the world don't know who you are, but the common folk recognize you and you're important to them as a symbol of of hope.
2: I like that. Are there any things that you pulled back on when it came mechanically in order to, because things like heroes feast or create water or like are there spells that you may have revoked or removed from, from spell lists or made restricted or difficult or anything like that as a result of it in order to kind of, in order to prevent the, the, the easy button for solving some of the problems.
1: Well, keep in mind, this is an OGL, so there aren't spell lists uh, in the first place. Um, I'm not, uh, it is using similar mechanics, but this is not directly derived from 5e. Mm, okay. uh,
2: everything,
1: everything any character can do is something I custom homebrewed.
2: Ah, okay.
1: uh, I do try to balance the uh, economy of it pretty strictly so that you don't ever end up in a place where, you know, you don't care about money anymore. You'll definitely not be as poor throughout the whole game, but there should always be something worth spending on.
0: Very cool. Interesting. Let me take. Let me let me bring us back to one thing real quick, just because it was a highlight for a couple of my buddies at uh, Winter Fantasy. So I want to make sure that we cover it. Um, one thing that you do here that is different than Five E is how is your turn action. And um, I'm looking here at the uh, Indiegogo page as well. It talks about you having two actions per turn, and that. Failed hits still deal partial damage, and that was really intriguing to me back then. It was a highlight mechanic for uh, for my buddies. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm not here to hate on Five E. I love Five E, but I do have some you know complaints with it. I have some pet peeves, and sure. one of them is it feels. Uh, well, two that are kind of connected are that there's this huge disparity in different classes of how many decisions you have to make on a turn based on, you know, whether you have bonus actions or not, whether you have spells. And it's also, especially at low levels, way too easy to have a wasted turn where you wait 10 minutes for your turn, you roll your attack, you roll bad, you miss, nothing happens it's a complete waste of time. So to combat both of those things, I gave everyone two actions by default. There's no bonus actions. You just get your two actions. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the glance mechanic to make it so that your, uh, your turns are never fully wasted. Even if you fail to beat the enemy's resistance, which is the roughly equivalent to AC in this, you still do a little bit of damage. And it goes both ways because enemies also are still constantly chipping away at you. It makes combat feel more meaningful and impactful and more like a tug of war because your both sides are constantly wearing each other down
0: hmm that's really interesting i i imagine it combats go pretty quick then too because there's never a around where you didn't take you know where you didn't yield yeah. damage to the boss or whatever um
1: uh it sort of balances out because everyone having two actions does slow things down a little bit hmm. um but yeah you're always always contributing always making forward momentum
0: that's cool, cool. i like the idea Awesome. Uh, the other question I have has has precious little to do with this, but I know if I don't ask you, we'll have some questions uh, from our from our chat afterwards. Uh, as I said at the beginning, um, this is the first time that we've had an Indiegogo creator on the show. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about what made you uh, take the plunge into an Indiegogo campaign?
1: Um, crowdfunding in general, or Indiegogo as opposed to Kickstarter?
0: either way whatever whatever you want to chat about
1: well crowdfunding in general is because i don't have the money to do what i want to do on my own sure um uh, there's it's not a coincidence that i wrote a game about poverty it's a subject i know a lot about uh indiegogo as opposed to kickstarter was on the advice of my business partner uh ryan langer of realm warp media i hope i pronounced his last name right don't hate me if i got it wrong ryan um he, uh, he suggested that IndieGoGo would be better because we are a very unknown team and mm-hmm. don't have a lot of reach. If we don't quite meet our goal with IndieGogo, we can still get some funding whereas Kickstarter it's all or nothing. Right on. Cool.
0: Fascinating.
2: No, actually that makes a lot of sense, right First first salvo, build uh, build an audience if uh, if it doesn't go as well as you hoped that it would, you still have something that you can go back with. You can still build a product off of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of plans for how to progressively scale things down if we don't meet the goal mm-hmm. uh, while still devel- delivering a good product. Uh, like, one of the big expenses that we're budgeting for is hiring writers to finish the campaign. If mm-hmm. we can't manage that, I will just be doing the first act of the campaign. There's kind of two acts to the story I had planned, and the first act is a mostly self-contained arc, so if we have to cut it off there, it's not going to feel really jarring. People will still get a pretty uh, satisfying narrative.
0: Okay. Yeah, I like this. Uh, uh, the other benefit is just having a successful campaign, uh, whether it's on Indiegogo or anywhere, is is helpful for the future. So wrapping up a an Indiegogo and and having that that experience behind you and to carry with you is, is can be really useful in getting other things off the ground later. So yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, so one of the things I like to do as we're getting uh, close to the end of this interview here is I like to point out um, kind of what the product lineup is for folks, if they're interested in backing. Um, so you've got a core rulebook PDF for 12 bucks. Uh, the GM bundle uh, for twenty-one bucks, and then the Fall of hold bundle for thirty bucks. Talk to me about the difference between those three options.
1: So, core rulebook and GM's guide should be fairly self-explanatory.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as a player, the core rulebook should be all that you ever need. Um, I didn't, uh, I, I made sure not to include player, f- uh, facing stuff like magic items in the GM's guide. Cause as a player, I always hate when people do that. <laughs> um, fall of morehold bundle is to allow you to buy into the first little bit of the campaign. Uh, there's several adventures that are already written. And if you get that bundle, you'll get the two core rule books plus the first couple of adventures. Uh, if we if we fully fund and can do the full campaign, the plan is to release the campaign episodically, hopefully roughly one, an adventure a month.
0: Oh, cool! Sweet, That's good, sweet. So that Follow of Hold bundle is for game masters or parties that that aren't just curious and, and don't intend to run just their own homebrew adventures, but actually want to follow the story that you concocted um and the better this campaign does the, am i getting that right that the better this campaign does the more things will be added to that uh, uh, bundle or how does that work
1: uh so if we fully fund and do the full campaign you will just get what the bundle says uh, okay. the, the first two adventures, which is several sessions worth of content already. Um, sure. If we if we end up having to scale back and doing the uh, only the first half of the campaign, I have not 100% decided what we'll do in that case, but I feel like it's likely in that case that uh, people who got the fall of Morehold Bundle will probably just get the whole campaign free of charge, but that's not 100% decided yet, so don't take it as a promise.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Cool. What else are we, uh, what else should we be chatting about fellas? Any other questions that you have?
3: I am just sorry that I didn't know this was going on at winter fantasy.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was going on at, here's the crazy thing. It was going on at winter fantasy at the tables like next to me, but I'd already committed to playing at certain tables and couldn't squeeze in the time to play this and, didn't really know the context behind it, but now I'm kicking myself in the pants. I wish that I'd,
3: you know, I, I wish I, that I'd been able to. Here, here's Especially what we, some do. of our
2: friends that were running it.
3: Yeah, here's what we do. Here's what we do. We save face by blaming Tyler and Greg,
2: <laughs> Tyler Cooley, yep. and Calvin. Let's not and forget Calvin. Calvin. Oh, Calvin. Yep. Yeah, he, Calvin yeah. was yeah. running too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That, that buzz well, I mean, is coming well, for you well, too, Calvin. Ty-
3: Tyler and Greg were, were playing. That's okay. right. So I'm I'm blaming them for not saying, hey, you guys should come over here and play.
0: that's right we should definitely blame people i think so Uh, and brian king
3: and yeah Yeah.
2: no i I like so so i'm I'm hooked on this i'm I'm, uh going to let you know right now tyler i'm I'm going to back this because i I like the i like the themes that are being presented i like a heroic campaign but small time heroes this is to me is the difference between um you know the avengers versus the street levels Mm -hmm. with the punisher that's a really
1: good comparison actually yeah
2: yeah like this is street level heroism i like that though you know like in the dirt like it's the punish it's not it's daredevil getting beat to crap having to take painkillers in order to keep going but he's got he has to pay the rent and he's working pro bono to help people out in in the law firm and just trying to make trying to make ends meet and moonlighting as a superhero quote unquote uh at night i love that
1: that is an excellent comparison. I will point out one of the playable classes in Weird Street is the Vigilante class, and they draw nice. a lot of inspiration from comic book superheroes. Awesome. Uh, they they have an ability called Grappling Hook Expert. I think that says it all.
3: <laughs> excellent. Oh, well, yes. if I wasn't going to back it before.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna, shut I'm gonna, up. You had me at Grappling Hook Expert. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, okay, so yeah, the the I was going to touch base on the classes earlier, and I think this is I know that we're kind of we're getting to the wrap up point, but vigilante, I love street preacher, like I I can just see sandwich board end is nigh during the day ringing a bell, uh, or like working in a soup kitchen or working at a uh, at a hostel or something like that. Uh, The fortune teller and the inventive quack, Yes. yes, please, I love it. So let me ask you this. So what are, are you, are you cool at telling us? What are the other ones? So you got one, two, three, four here. What are the other five? Uh,
1: forgive me if I repeat some here, but I'll go through. Uh, there's dreamer, brawler, you- drifter, fortune teller, quack, street preacher, heretic, vigilante, and scoundrel. Nice. nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. The scoundrel is that that hustler on the corner with the uh, the cardboard box with uh, the, with the uh, three cards that they're. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: the That's way. more fortune teller, actually. I would oh, okay.
2: say. Okay. All right. On. Mm. All right. So what's your scoundrel then? Is it just kind of like a con artist or what?
1: It's it's the rogue equivalent. They're uh, sort of like you know elegant duelists, brawl and fighters. Um, mechanically, they can be like damage or tank. They they can go. They have a really interesting evade tank
2: build. Mm, that's cool. Like that. Right on.
1: My general mm. concept for all the, or at least most of the classes in Weird Street, was to do the sort of like, uh, you know, broken down dollar store version of traditional RPG classes. Mm-hmm. So like Street Preacher is the uh, you know street level cleric and so mm-hmm. forth.
3: Nice. Interesting. Well, we have a we have a stretch goal idea for you coming from the chat. Um, Sir Isaac suggests uh, you need a, a, a Santa Santa Claus class mall for a Christmas Santa a mall yeah. Santa for a Christmas campaign, <laughs> or or at least a bell ringer standing in front of the shops ringing the bell.
1: I feel like that would be a dreamer. They're the real wholesome, so optimistic go. class.
0: There you go. Awesome. All right. Well, um, so at the bottom of your uh, Indiegogo page, it says that the best way that people can help uh, is, of course, to share your campaign on social media and of course, backing it and recommending it to your friends and everything like that. Um, Is there any social media uh, other than the Indiegogo page that you would like people to go check out?
1: um so my collaborator is realm warp media on twitter uh i have a facebook fan page tyler fm edwards um i have a blog that if you want to follow my stuff that's probably the best place to go my blog is superior realities if you just google that it should be the first result
0: superior realities perfect very cool righty well Tyler thank you so much for coming on uh we really yeah. enjoyed having you uh, I'm excited to learn more about what we uh what we heard about a couple months ago and uh, wish you all the best on your campaign and on f- wrapping up your content afterwards
1: yeah thanks for having me no problem
2: it was a pleasure yeah, good luck yeah
0: no doubt and uh, we'll see you on the streets hey everyone thanks for listening if you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes. and You can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.